God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship and our Wednesday night refreshing. God's water is flowing and God's people are growing. And we're so grateful to be gathered here tonight. And if you're watching online, we say welcome and hello to you. Father, it is our desire, Lord, that we come to do your will. We want you to have your way. Father, we yield to your instruction. And Lord, we thank you for filling this place with your glory and your goodness. And Lord, we exalt the name of Jesus. And we welcome your Holy Spirit in our midst. And we just praise you, Father, because we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's 
stand together
so much for speaking to us. Be still and know that I am God. It is in the stillness and the quietness of your mind that my voice will speak to you. For I will speak to you in a still, small voice. And my spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you are my child. You belong to me. We are together and we are one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, we're glad that you're here tonight. God's got something for you. And if you're watching 
Thanks for tuning in. And you can participate right where you are. Just do what we do. Amen. And you have an opportunity tonight to invest in the kingdom of God. If you're here, you can give any time during the service. There are uh, containers over there by our bookstore. And as you come in, those are our seed planters. You put your seed in and God makes it grow and multiply. Amen. If you're watching online, you can do it through our website. And Father, it is my joy and privilege to pronounce your blessing and your goodness upon your givers and their gifts, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that you opened up heaven's windows and you pour out a blessing on them so great that their rooms cannot contain it. And Lord, we thank you that you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. And I thank you, Lord, that your givers are prospering, they're protected, and they're provided for. And they have no lack in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. I just want to let you know that uh, on July 27th, we won't be having a Wednesday night refreshing service. Uh, you could, I would encourage you to watch the camp meeting online because uh, 16 of us are going to be gone in Tulsa. And uh, it's going to be the 50th year camp meeting. It's going to be a great celebration. And uh, our youth has, have raised more than enough money to fly. Amen. They've done a great job. And uh, God is good. And, uh, you know, when you have a desire and you just put your hand in something, God will prosper it. Amen. And uh, we won't be having a Barnabas group in the month of July either. Uh, because that's the last weekend. And then uh, I have the privilege uh, coming up. I'll be uh, traveling overseas and ministering in a Bible school there. And uh, if you'd like to support that work, uh, you can. You can give to the Commission Club. Uh, you can give your change in that change container there. Or if you want to just give, you can just mark Commission Club. And uh, that will be available to you. Amen. Hallelujah, going to go and teach in a Bible school for a week, and uh, I'm going to be traveling about 50 hours between airplanes and airports, So, uh, but I'm going to go represent uh, VCF all around the world, amen? And it's our joy and our privilege to do that, so praise God. So we got some awesome kids and Kids Life teachers tonight, and we want to take this time to dismiss our kids into their class. Have a great time, kids. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, God has given us something to govern our lives. Amen. You know, before we came to Jesus... We did whatever we wanted to do. We didn't really uh, consider it. Maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. But uh, we were dominated by the flesh and by the world system. But then when we came to Jesus, how many came to Jesus? Amen. You entered into a kingdom that was governed by a king. And he gave us something... That when we're about to do something, we need to say, how would this make God feel? Or what would God think about this if I was to do this? Or 
If you did something, you might think, well, God, how did you think about that, what I did or what I said? And there's something that we as a church need to get back to, and it's simply called the fear of the Lord. So I want to talk to you tonight about the fear of the Lord. It's not, the fear of the Lord is not something that, oh my goodness, you're afraid of God. But it is reverence, honor, and respect for God, for the things of God, the places of God, and the people of God. Amen? I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter 1. Proverbs, chapter 1. We're going to do a little study tonight in the fear of the Lord. Amen? And as the fear of the Lord... Uh, increases, God's rivers are going to flow. Amen? They're already flowing. Right now, as we speak, there's a river flowing south from the throne room of God. And it's flowing to us. It's moving. It's full of life. It's vibrant. It's full of health. It's full of strength and power. But we need to have a healthy fear of the Lord. It's amazing, the fear of the Lord will shield your life from destruction. In Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, notice what the Bible says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Say, I'm no fool. See, there is a genuine, real fear of the Lord. It's a respect, reverence, and honor. Everybody say respect. Say reverence. And say honor. And we are supposed to use the fear of the Lord to live our lives. We're supposed to live lives that reverence God. We're supposed to live lives that respect God. And we're supposed to do things that honor God. Amen? We're supposed to live just like Jesus lived. Notice he didn't say faith is the beginning of wisdom or knowledge. The fear of the Lord is. How do we reverence, respect, and honor the Lord? That's going to make the difference as to whether or not... We're wise. And we have understanding. Amen? So the fear of the Lord is where begin wisdom begins. By fearing God, we can avoid being trapped by our, our natural pull. How many know that we got a natural pull? You know, our flesh is not saved. You ever realize that? How many know that your flesh has desires that disagree with your spirit? Right? And sometimes there's a conflict that goes on between the flesh and the spirit, right? And whoever is stronger is going to pull you in whatever direction that is. If your flesh is stronger, you're going to go with the flesh. But if your spirit is stronger, you're going to go with the spirit. Amen? So your flesh isn't born again, your spirit is. Your spirit's born again, but you live in a flesh, right? You live in a body. So the fear of God 
helps us avoid being trapped by our natural pull or going our own way. You know, now that you're saved, you're, you, you, you're not supposed to go your own way. You're supposed to go God's way. How many know Jesus is the way? If you don't know which way to go, Jesus is the way. You got to go his way. Right? Everybody say, Jesus is Lord. And I'm not. Okay. That means now, every major decision, we got to run by him. Hallelujah. The fear of the Lord helps us to not defy God. The fear of the Lord is how we cooperate, cooperate with God. How many want to cooperate with God? You know, you can either resist God or you can cooperate with him. When you resist him, you will have trouble. When you cooperate with him, you will have blessing. I don't know about you, trouble trumps blessing to me. Amen? Oh, yeah. Blessing, thank you. Blessing trumps trouble. I'm sorry about that. My tongue got a little tied. See, the the fear of the Lord is an awareness that you are in the presence of a holy, just, and almighty God. You know, God is holy. You know, when God appeared to Moses... In the desert, he appeared to him by a burning bush. Moses was watching sheep. I don't even know if he was thinking about God in that moment. So God had to do something to get his servant's attention. So he lit this bush on fire, but the bush was on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. You saw these flames, but the bush wasn't being burned up. And so Moses said, I'm going to look at this thing, right? So he, 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 he looks at this thing and he begins to go and, and God says, wait a minute, take off your shoes. Why? You've entered into a holy atmosphere. You've entered, my, this is my, where my presence is. Take off your shoes. This is holy ground, right? You've entered into a realm of holiness and you've got to show reverence, honor, and respect. What did Moses do? He took off his shoes. What if Moses would have kept his shoes on? He would have missed his instruction. He would have missed his assignment. God wouldn't have spoken to him. But Moses had enough sense. When a bush is on fire, it's not being consumed. And the voice says, take your shoes off. You take your shoes off. Amen? So here's my point. When you enter into a realm of holiness, you're the one that has to adjust. You have to adjust to that atmosphere. You have to do what's required in that atmosphere. If you get invited to the White House, are you going to go with a tank top and cut off shorts? No. Those guys with the gold, gold pins and the things in there, they're going to say, we got the problems here. <laughs> right? Would you approach a king like that? Why? There's certain protocols that are required to be in their presence. But here's the thing, the fear of the Lord can be operated anytime, anyplace, anywhere. You can live in it. You can walk in it. You can function every day in it. Hallelujah. And the fear of God will hold you accountable for your motives, thoughts, words, and actions. 
Nothing gets by God. The Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. You can think that you're going to get away from something because someone didn't see you, but someone saw you. Someone already knew what you were being tempted to do, and he knows why you yielded to it. So, our action, we don't fool God. Alright? So, the fear of God will hold us accountable. To fear God is to desire and live in harmony with his righteous standards. How many know God raised the bar of our lives? He showed us a better way to live. Amen? He showed us a better way to function, a better way to, a higher realm to live in. Glory to God. The, the fear of the Lord is, is desiring and operating in the Lord's standards. And it's we, we honor Him in all that we do. And when we understand the fear of the Lord, we'll comprehend more of His greatness. You know, there's more things to discover about God. We have not come to the point where we know everything there is to know about God. First of all, revelation is progressive. As you go with God and keep growing with God, you're going to learn more and more about God. Amen? How many learned more about God today than you knew a year ago? Man, I look back on some of my sermons and I'm like, boy, what were you talking about? Amen? Well, I'm growing too. Hallelujah. So, to reverence God... There is a feeling of profound awe and respect in love. It's profound respect. It's admiration. And you do it because you want to honor him. You you want to show God high respect. You know, God doesn't lower his standards for anyone. He maintains his standards. And through Jesus Christ, we can come up higher. Amen. We, we have come up higher. He brought us higher. Hallelujah. All right. So go to, go with me to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. We're going to let the word of God define for us what the fear of the Lord is. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to give you the word. All right, Psalm 19. And look at verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean. How long does it last? Enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Another way to say that, the fear of the Lord is pure. It is sacred. It is holy. It is good. And uh, his judgment is right. Say, God is always right. Say, my father knows best. Then it's best to live by his opinion. If you want to live by someone's opinion, live by God's opinion. His one is the best. His one is pure. His, his opinion is perfect. You know, God is free from criticism. 
He'll just tell it to you straight. Right? So go to Nehemiah chapter 5. And let's see how the fear of the Lord operates in someone's life. Hallelujah. Nehemiah chapter 5. Glory to God. And notice this. Look at verse 14. Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 14. Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year even unto two, uh, the 2 and 30th year, so 12 years, okay? Of Artaxerxes the king, that is 12 years, I and my brethren have not eaten bread of the governor. In other words, he didn't take the food allowance that they were given. See, when you're operating by the fear of the Lord, you're not going to take advantage of your position. You're not going to take advantage of the people that you're serving. Amen? Why? You're going to walk righteous, holy, and you're, you're going to walk upright, you're going to follow the standard. Okay, verse 15. But the former governors that had been before me were chargeable unto the people, and had taken of them bread and wine, beside forty shekels of silver, yea, even their servants uh, bear rule over the people. But but I did but, but so did I did not I because of the fear of God. Ever say because of the fear of God. See, Nehemiah had a respect, reverence, and honor for God. And he, he was given a position. He went from a cupbearer to a governor. He went from carrying champagne glasses to putting bricks and building a wall. He went from the cupbearing business to the construction business. Why? God put it on his heart. God, he had a divine call from God. He wept over Jerusalem. He prayed to God about what to do. And now he's in the position. They made him governor, but he didn't want to take advantage of it because of the fear of God. That was the governing aspect of his life. See, when, you, when you're operating by the fear of God, you will do right. Why? Because you're honoring God. Joseph feared God. Daniel feared God. Esther feared God. Mordecai feared God. Uriah feared God. I mean, David made him drunk, and he he would still not go against what he what he what he he was supposed to do. He was a soldier. David couldn't get him to sin. He tried. He tried to get him, and it wasn't sin for Uriah. But David was trying to cover up his own sin. He was trying to use Uriah to cover up what he did. Because in that moment, he let, he, he let the fear of God slip. See, when you let the fear of the Lord slip in your life, it's like letting the reins go of a horse. And you're riding on that horse, and that horse will just go wherever it wants to go. Alright? Verse 16. Yea, also, I continued in the work of this wall. Nehemiah just didn't sit in the chair and say, do this, do that. He actually participated in the work. He was a servant leader. Okay? And uh, neither bought we any land, and all my servants were gathered unto the work too. His, 
the governors before him, his servants were over the people. They were telling the people what to do. But now Nehemiah comes in and his team and him are working side by side. Amen. You realize everybody had a section of the wall to work on? And guess what? By working together, he accomplished the task in 52 days. Amidst opposition, there was constant opposition against Nehemiah to try to get the work to stop. The devil will try to do anything to stop worship. He'll try to do anything to keep people away from church. He'll try to do anything to keep people from serving God. But those that operate by the fear of God, they're going to do what God wants them to do. And they're, they're going to tell the devil, you can't stop me. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> they may not do it like that, but maybe they will. Who knows? All right, verse 17. Moreover, there were at my table 150 of the Jews and rulers beside them that came to us from among the heathen or other nations that are about us. So he was feeding other people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When you have the fear of the Lord, you're going to serve people. You're going to serve people. Why? What did God came to do? He came to redeem people. Jesus is the greatest servant of people that there ever was. Okay? Verse 18. Now that which was prepared for me daily was one ox, six sheep... Uh, fowls, uh, and once in ten days, a store of all sorts of wine. Yet for all this, required not I the bread of the governor, because of the bondage was heavy on the people. He didn't want to overburden the people. When you're operating by the fear of the Lord, you're not going to overburden people. Amen? And then verse 19. Think upon me, my God, for good according to all that I have done for this people. When you're operating by the fear of the Lord, you're going to create a memory for God. God is going to remember how you operate and function in the fear of the Lord. How you honor, reverence, and respect Him, His things, His places, and His people. Amen? Hallelujah. Go to Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11. Did you know that uh, Jesus will never ask you to do anything that he doesn't do himself? And he operated by the fear of the Lord. And it's proven in the Bible. You know why? Because Jesus wants us to live just like him. Say, Jesus wants me to be just like him. He wants you to think like him. He wants you to speak like Him. He wants you to live like Him. Amen? He wants you to work like Him. He wants you to have His joy and His peace. Amen. God wanted a bunch of little Jesuses running around on this planet. Whose image are you made in? God's. Whose image were you recreated in? Jesus. We are supposed to be conformed to him, not to this world. We're supposed to look and sound like him. Okay, look at Isaiah 11, verse 1. 
There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Notice verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Uh Uh-oh. He had the the fear of the Lord on him. He didn't have it on him. He operated by it. He lived by it. Verse 3. And shall make him of quick understanding... In the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor. And reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Hallelujah. Jesus functioned and operated in the fear of the Lord. Did Jesus commit sin? No. He was honoring, reverencing, and respecting God. Did did Jesus do his own will? No. He came to do the Father's will. He came to do the will of him who sent him. Amen? And uh, so he functioned. In other words... He thought of the uh, fear of the Lord as a wonderful, pleasant aroma. You know when you find the cologne or the perfume, perfume that works just right for you? And it's like, oh, that smells good. How many ever walked into a place where bread was baking? Isn't that a good aroma? Isn't that a pleasant aroma? Or, or when someone is making something that you really enjoy, you go, oh, that just smells so good. This is how Jesus thought of the fear of the Lord. All right? He had quick, sharp discernment of the fear of the Lord. He understood people who feared the Lord, and he understood people who didn't fear the Lord. He knew the difference. And when people feared the Lord, he got on their side. When people did not fear the Lord, he opposed them. Why? If you don't fear the Lord, Jesus is not for you. Okay? So Jesus, he knew what it was, the fear of the Lord. He knew how to exercise it. He knew how to make it the rule of his life. Jesus, with the fear of the Lord, he pleased the Father. He sought and accomplished the Father's will by the fear of the Lord. He was one with his Father through the fear of the Lord. And was he pressured to do wrong? Yes, he was. Was he, was he tempted to sin? Yes. Why didn't he sin? Because he feared God. He respected God. He honored God. He reverenced God. He said, I'm not going to give in to that. Was it a real temptation that he faced? Yes, it was. He, he faced every temptation that you and I face. But he did not sin. Why? Because he feared God. He loved God. See, when you fear God, you love God. When you fear God, it's not a burden walking with God. It's not a burden serving God. It's a joy and a privilege and an honor. It gives you excitement. Okay? Jesus made fearing God the standard for mankind to follow. He was sinless by its power. And it gave him the spirit without measure. 
Jesus had the Spirit without measure. Why? See, when you fear God, God will give you good things. Amen? Good things will happen to you. Hallelujah. Blessings will come upon you. Glory to God. So he, Jesus knew the difference between genuine followers and fake followers. You know, the, hip, the, the Pharisees, they were religious leaders, but they were wearing masks. They were pretending because Jesus said, you're, look, you, you guys may look good on the outside, but you're full of death. He was able to discern when someone was make-believing When someone wasn't real or genuine about their walk with God. He knew that Nathaniel was an Israelite without any guile, without any deceit, simply by seeing him under a tree in John 147. He had that discernment. He knew that this guy had a good heart. He knew that this guy had faith. He knew. He was able to see why. When you have the fear of God, your eyes of understanding are open. They're enlightened. You have God's understanding. You have God's discernment. You have God's prudence. You have God's wisdom. The fear of the Lord opens the door to all of this. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom or knowledge, right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the fear of the Lord wasn't a burden to Jesus. He was like, oh, I've got to fear God. No. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, you need to learn from me. Why are Christians walking around with heavy burdens? That tells me that God didn't give it to them. When Jesus said, my burden is easy, my yoke is light. And you're saying you've got a heavy burden. Well, where'd you get it from? You didn't get it from God. You got it from your own self. Mmm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me just give you some things, some characteristics about the fear of God. Okay? I'm going to go through these quickly, so you might just have to write these passages down. We're not going to pull them up, all right? Proverbs 10:27, the fear of the Lord prolongs your days. Didn't say beauty cream. Didn't say this application or that application. It said the fear of the Lord. Everybody say the fear of the Lord. That will prolong your days. When you honor, reverence, and respect God, that's what's going to make your days long. I'm sure the creams may help, but they're not going to do what the fear of the Lord can do. Amen? I'm not opposed to creams, by the way. I'm, I'm just using that as a term. Proverbs 14:26. The fear of the Lord strengthens your confidence and gives you a place of refuge. How many want to boost in their confidence? The fear of the Lord will strengthen your confidence. When you're reverencing, respecting, and honoring God, you've got boldness. You've got a strength. That you've got an internal strength that you can stand against opposition. You can stand up against challenges. You, you can stand your ground. Amen. Amen? David was operating in the fear of the Lord when he faced a nine foot six giant who was a, a warrior from his birth. The soldiers of Israel 
were afraid. The king Saul, who was head and shoulders above everybody, was afraid. But it took a shepherd boy who understood the fear of the Lord. Because while he'd be watching sheep, he'd be walking out to singing praise songs in heaven. And he understood the fear of the Lord. And he walked that way. He lived that way. And he said, I'll fight this giant. When someone fears the Lord, they're not afraid of anything. They will, He ran to that giant. While everybody else, not operating by the fear of God, they had the fear of flesh on them. They were stuck in fear. I'm not doing nothing. How about you? I'm not doing nothing. But it took someone who had the fear of the Lord to do something. You can do amazing things with the fear of the Lord. Verse 27, Proverbs 14, 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that you may avoid the snares of death. I heard the story of E.W. Kenyon. He was a writer back in the early 1900s, maybe even late 1800s. And he knew that he was going to be going home on a certain day. He came down and he had breakfast. And he told his daughter, he said, I'm going home today. And after breakfast, he went on his porch, sat on his favorite chair, big smile on his face. That was it. Off he went to home. Hallelujah. He avoided the snares of death. He had a glorious home going. Amen? You don't have to go home with pain. You don't have to go home with sickness. You can go home when you finish your job. Hallelujah. Jesus, Paul said, I've ran my race. I finished my course with joy. And now it's time for me to go home. Hallelujah. My goodness. Are we getting something tonight? Proverbs 19.23 The fear of the Lord leads to life. It gives you rest and satisfaction and prevents evil from visiting you. The fear of the Lord is like a shield. Proverbs 22, verse 4. The fear of the Lord brings riches, honor, and life. How many want riches? How many want honor? How many want life? Fear of the Lord brings it. When you're operating in the fear of the Lord, it comes to you. Riches, honor, and life. Hallelujah. Abraham feared God. God God was able to talk to him in the land of Ur. He said, I want you to leave. I want you to go. He knew that Abraham was willing. He knew that Abraham would do what he said. See, part of the fear of the Lord is you do what God says. It's obedience. And God talked to him. I'm going to send you out. But if you obey me, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm going to make your name great. Amen. Did God do that? Did Abraham do that? Yep, Abraham did, God did, and that was it. Proverbs 23, verse 17. The fear of the Lord helps you avoid envying sinners. And you can continue to walk in it, in the fear of the Lord. How many know, we don't have to envy sinners. I mean... If, if you have people in Hollywood that you're on, they're fake anyway. They, they get paid 
the land of make-believe. But yet, the enemy has used that as a standard of the world. Oh, I want to be like that person on the cover of that magazine. You know how much that person was airbrushed? <laughs> yeah. They, they could do the same for you too. Airbrush me, Lord. <laughs> Proverbs one twenty nine: the fear of the Lord is a choice. Some choose it, some don't. It's a choice. See, when you operate by the fear of the Lord, you hate evil. Go to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 21. I'm sorry, Proverbs 8, 12. Proverbs 8, 12. I, wisdom, reside with prudence. My dad had an aunt named Prudence one time, left him a bunch of money. Hallelujah. It's good to dwell with Prudence. I find knowledge and discretion. Verse 13, the fear of the Lord includes the hatred of evil. You can't like evil and walk in the fear of the Lord. You've got to hate it. God gives you permission to hate evil. So hate it. Amen? All right? The fear of the Lord will help you avoid sin. Exodus twenty twenty. Exodus twenty twenty. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, for God has come in order to test you, in order that the fear of him will remain with you so that you do not sin. Hallelujah. The fear of the Lord can prevent it's like it's like a, a spacesuit, you know. It allows an astronaut to go to the moon. And walk around. The spacesuit protects him. He can breathe in the spacesuit. Amen. He's, he's not bound by the pressure of the atmosphere. Hallelujah. It's a protection. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Go to uh, Genesis 22. Genesis 22 and verse 12. I want you to see this. Genesis 22 and verse 12. You know, when the fear of the Lord comes into a place, the house gets clean. It's like God's pressure washer. Right? It removes all the scum, all the mold, all the mildew. It just flushes it out in one swoop. Amen? The fear of the Lord comes in, and it's clean, it's holy, it's pure, it's powerful. It wipes away the stain, hallelujah. Genesis 22, verse 12. And God said unto Abraham, Let it, let it not be grievous in your sight because of the lad and because of your bondwoman. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that was 21. 22. <laughs> 22 verse 12. Sorry about that. Um, and he said, lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do anything wrong unto him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. The fear of the Lord will make you willing to give and unwilling to withhold. 
Abraham feared God. He had walked with God. He saw God's faithfulness. He saw God's provision. He saw God's deliverance. He saw how God rescued him from his own mistakes, his own stupidity. Amen? And and he had walked with God. He knew that God would do everything that he said. And when God said, I want you to give your son, Abraham didn't have to think about it. Abraham didn't have to... uh, fret about it. He said, okay. He got up early the next morning. He loaded up the stuff. He took his, he went to the place where God said, he told the servants to stay here. Me and the lad are going to go worship and we are going to come back. Abraham was fully convinced that no matter what happened, Isaac was going to come back with him even if God had to resurrect him. So Abraham went there and he offered to God. He didn't withhold what God asked of him, he didn't, he wasn't unwilling in any way. He, he, he offered Isaac and God knew that he feared him because he didn't withhold anything from him. God just wanted to test his willingness. Sometimes God may ask you for something and he's just testing your willingness to be able to give. He's testing where your heart is. Is your heart in the treasure or is, it, is your heart in God? But you got to pass the test. Those who fear the Lord will pass the test. Now, this was not the first thing that, Ab- that God asked Abraham to do. He had grown and developed in his relationship with him. But the fear of the Lord, it makes you willing to give and unwilling to withhold from God. Amen? Hallelujah. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Did you know that you can learn the fear of the Lord? God will actually teach you how to fear Him and what you can do to fear Him. So this is something, if, you, if, you, if you're not doing it, it's something that you can learn to do. Deuteronomy 6.1 Now, this is the command, the statutes and the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. So that you might do them. Why why do we have teaching? To make it a trophy? To say how wonderful it was? No, we are taught so that we can do. If you're not doing, then... You're not receiving. Doers are the ones who are blessed. Okay? So that I may teach you that you might do them in the land which you're crossing over to possess, so that you and your son and your grandson may fear and worship the Lord your God. To keep all of his statutes, his commandments that I'm commanding you, all the days of your life. Everybody say, all my days. You should never take a day off from the fear of the Lord. Never take a vacation from the fear of the Lord. Take it on vacation with you. Amen? Just because you're on vacation doesn't mean you leave the Lord at home. He likes to travel with you wherever you go. And he'll let you know if he doesn't like the place that you're taking him. Why? He knows he has more information than we do. And if he doesn't like a place that you're going, there's trouble there. And if you go there, you could get in trouble. He's just trying to keep you out of trouble. Yeah. 
He's not trying to diminish the fun. Amen? Okay? Verse 3, therefore, listen, everybody say, you got your ears on? Yeah, you're listening. Be careful to do them. Hallelujah. That it may go well with you. How many want it, how many want it to go well with you? Then do what he says. Do the word. Amen? Hallelujah. As the Lord your God uh, of your fathers uh, has promised you, we learn the fear of the Lord by obeying his commands and receiving and doing his teaching. We can live in the fear of the Lord every day. Hallelujah. All right, go to Psalm 119, verse 38. Psalm 119, verse 38. Let me look up this in the King James. Psalm 119, verse 38. Hallelujah. Establish your word unto your servant who is devoted to your fear. How many are devoted to God? Amen. So through his word and through his promises... It produces reverence for him. He teaches us how to reverence him through his word and his promises. Hallelujah. The the fear of the Lord will make your prayers effective. The fear of the Lord. Worship spreads the fear of the Lord. When you start to worship and praise God, it spreads the fear of the Lord to other people as they see you worship. Amen. Hallelujah. Go to Psalm 22. Psalm 22. How do we activate the fear of the Lord? You got your fear of the Lord engines on? Amen. We're going to teach you how to rev them up. Psalm 22 and verse 23. Psalm 22 and verse 23. You that fear the Lord, say he's talking to me. What did he tell those who fear the Lord to do? Praise him. Praise him, all you, the seed of Jacob. Glorify him and fear him, all the seed of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither has he hid his face from him, but when he cried unto him, he heard. My praise shall be of you in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied, and they shall praise the Lord and seek him. Your heart shall live forever. So how do we activate the fear of the Lord? We activate it through praise. I think it's time to take a praise break. If you can, stand up for your feet for just a moment. And I want you to praise God. Praise Him. Let those who fear Him, praise Him. You've got to be an active praiser. You've got to be an involved praiser. Hallelujah. We've got to praise the name of the Lord. We're activating the fear of God. 
Think of His goodness. The good things that He's done for you. Hallelujah. How He's delivered you. How He's saved you. How He's helped you. How He's called you. Glory to God. Take a praise break. Glory to God. Unhindered praise. Unhindered praise. Unashamed praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ye that fear Him. You got to praise Him. That's how we activate it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, sit down for just a minute. It was just a praise break. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Go to Psalm 25. Psalm 25. Look at verse 14. This is powerful. Psalm 25, verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. How many want to get in God's secrets? You know what? He has a secret place. Have you been there? Do you visit it often? Amen. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Glory to God. We need to be frequent flyers in the secret place. We need to be dwellers in the secret place. Amen. You can dwell at Starbucks or you can dwell in the secret place. Glory to God. Which one's going to give you more secrets? The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. He will show them his covenant. He will show them his agreement. Hallelujah. When you dwell in the secret place, you're going to be shown things. You're going to get insight, understanding, and wisdom into God's ways, into his kingdom. He's going to show you secret things, hidden things. Hallelujah. And you just being there unveils those secrets. You know, those who fear God love to spend time with God. It's not a drudgery. They don't do it out of duty. They do it because they love God. God loves fellowship. He loves communion. He loves intimacy. He loves when you... Coming to a place and it's just you and him and you share your heart. He shares his heart and there's a connection there. There's an interaction and an exchange there. People who love the people who fear the Lord. It's not a burden to them. It's a privilege. God looks for those times. God sent Jesus so that we can have those times. Sin stopped those times. But Jesus reignited those times. Hallelujah. Psalm 34, 7, don't turn there. It says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. When you fear God, you got angels camping around you. They set up camp around you. Hallelujah. What are they, what are they camping? They're looking out for the enemy. They're looking out for traps. They're helping you avoid those things. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who, those who fear him. There's enough angels of the Lord to go around. Amen. When you fear God, you got angels camping around you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Psalm 128, verse 1. Psalm 128, verse 1. Mm -mm -mm. Let me look at it in the King James. I have most of my scriptures in the Amplified. Psalm 128, verse 1. Blessed is everyone that fears the Lord. Hallelujah. 
that walks in his ways. See, you're not just blessed because you fear the Lord, because you're actually walking it and living out in your life. We're supposed to carry the fear of the Lord to work. To the grocery store. To the neighborhood, to the appointments. To the restaurants. Why? Last night, I did a memorial service for a young man who was 23 who ended his own life because of drugs, a drug addiction. When you serve sin, it'll take you down a dead-end path. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life. And if you want that perpetual life, fear the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, Acts 9.31, it says, So the church throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up, walking in the fear of the Lord. Everybody say walking. Hallelujah, that means everyday living. I wake up with the fear of the Lord. I go to bed with the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah, I have lunch with the fear of the Lord. Glory to God. I'm walking in it, right? 2 Corinthians 5.11, Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord, we've got to know it. That's talking about an intimate, acquaintance experience. It's more than just a, a head knowledge. It's a deep knowing. It's, it's a, an exchange. We've got to know the fear of the Lord. We are known to God. Hallelujah. And Colossians 3.22 says, Servants in everything, obey those who are your masters on earth, not only with external service as those who merely please people, but with sincerity of heart because of the fear of the Lord. Everybody say, the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. And then finally, go to Psalm 135 and I'm done. Psalm 135 and verse 19. Hallelujah. Oh, the fear of the Lord. Psalm 135, verse 19, says this. Bless the Lord, O house of Israel. Bless the Lord, O house of Aaron. Bless the Lord, O house of Levi. Ye that fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord out of Zion, which dwells in Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. And, in, you know, God told judges that they need to have the fear of the Lord. Right? Second Chronicles 19, verse 9. Jehoshaphat, his name means God is judge. He instructed judges how they need to operate. So many judges today are not operating by the fear of the Lord. They're operating by the fear of man. We need some judges that operate by the fear of the Lord. But what did he say? Verse 19 and, and through 21. Bless the Lord, O house of Israel. Hey, guess what? That we're part of that house. We've been adopted in. We've been engrafted in. Glory to God. Jesus, is, we're in the house of God. Hallelujah. We're in the family of God. We're in the kingdom of God. You're in the kingdom of God? Then bless the Lord. Amen? Bless the Lord, O house of Aaron. Bless the Lord, O house of Levi. Ye that fear the Lord. We got some people that fear God in here? Then get up and bless the Lord. 
Blessed the Lord out of Zion. That's the church which dwells in Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. Let's start blessing the Lord right now. Ye that fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Stand up and bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name and forget not all of His benefits. Hallelujah. Healing, deliverance, salvation, glory to God. Prosperity, strength, and peace. Hallelujah. When we bless the Lord, why do we bless Him? Because we fear Him. We honor Him. We reverence Him. We respect Him. We love Him, glory to God. Hallelujah. We are activating the anointing right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Glory to God. Bless Him. Bless Him from the low place. Bless, bless Him from the high place. Bless Him when things aren't working out. That's when you need to bless Him the most. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 